What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 75 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Paolo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lickman. Corey, after week 10, I think we can finally say we got one of those games in the 2022 NFL regular season that it, it was the game of the year, obviously. If those who know what we're talking about, the Vikings and the Bills, we're going to start with that one first. I mean, Core, it's just like, I know I'm kind of jumping right into this. Right that, that's just where we have to start. I mean, there's no other logical place to do that. There was a good weekend of football, a lot of comebacks and stuff. But again, this game completely stole the spotlight. Oh, for sure. I mean, this game was pretty, pretty amazing game. I think also it was just the undisputed game of the year because we really haven't had a good, good game like this. And yeah, I mean, this was between two. The Vikings were seven and one. The Bills were, were six and two. I think coming into this game, this was a this was a big test for the Vikings. And I know the Vikings won this game on some pretty crazy stuff. I mean, Justin Jefferson with one of the greatest catches of all time. Uh, we could talk about after if you think that's better than Odell's. Personally, I don't think it's better just because I think the defender helped him out a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, that fourth and 18, that conversion to Justin Jefferson, just absolutely wild. And then they drive down the field. They get stopped. And you're like, the game's over. And then, I don't know, the center and, and Josh Allen, like they don't they don't get the ball snapped. The Vikings score it. You knew then it was going to overtime. I mean, there's just so much to dissect about this game. Mm-hmm. I'd say my main takeaway is I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie, like I'm still not hundred percent sold on the Vikings, but I do have to give them their due for going into Buffalo in a hostile environment and getting a win despite hey, the Vikings are just a team right now. They're trailing in a lot of games. Like, they don't look great. I mean, it's just the complete opposite of, of what they were last year. I mean, last year, they were losing a ton of one-possession games, a lot of close ones, a lot of games that they blew. And now, they're winning a lot of games in positions that they they weren't really supposed to win. And they come back, and they win it, and now they're 8-1. and one. And, I mean, I'm not a big Kirk Cousins fan, but... I guess I gotta I gotta give it to the guy. I did, he did throw two interceptions, I think, but hey, he went into Buffalo. He got the win. I think Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's got to be the best receiver in the NFL right now. But that's my main takeaway, and I'm not I'm not concerned about the Bills. I think this was a very sloppy game. Uh, Josh Allen. You just got to be like more careful with the ball. I think this. No, nah, I'm really not concerned about the Bills. I still think the Bills. Talent-wise, our top two team in the NFL. So I'd say my main takeaway, I'll give the, the Vikings their due. I mean, I'd put them maybe – I'd jump them over the Cowboys right now, even though the Eagles lost. But I'd still say the Eagles and Niners. But I'll put the Vikings over over the Cowboys right now. So, I mean, that, that's a great win for them. Yeah, let's hold off on the rest of the NFC con- conversation because like, there, there's just too much again here that we got to kind of go back through. I mean – the Vikings coming into Buffalo with Buffalo coming off a loss. I thought it was going to be a real tough place for them to squeak out a win. And they were down in this game. I think that's what impressed me the most. They're down 17 points at one point. And then Dalvin Cook ran for a really long touchdown right before the start of the fourth quarter. Then that fourth quarter drive, obviously, that's like where I kind of say like game of the year. Obviously, you need like your signature moments and stuff like that. It just seemed like there were so many. The Justin Jefferson catch you point to, which again, I agree with you, was not better than Odell's. I do think I with you, the defender kind of like helped him. But given the circumstances on a fourth and 18, absolutely absurd. Then he made a really good catch down at the one yard or down at like the three yard line. They don't end up scoring. Then he goes like, it was just absurd. They get stuffed at the one. Then Josh Allen, obviously, with the fumble and stuff like that, you knew he was going to score the kick, the field goal, as you said. Then in overtime, too, as well. Um, and then Josh Allen, unfortunately for the Buffalo Bills, throws an interception late in the game, his second in the red zone, which is something that I think maybe is the one big concern that I have for Buffalo right now is that Josh Allen had like one interception in the red zone in like, I think 57 games the stat was. In his last two games, he has four in the red zone. Like you can't turn the ball over down there. He was so good with it, protecting the football there. And now that's just something the past couple of weeks that's just kind of a lapse. I don't think it's anything right now that I'm, overly concerned about but it's definitely reason to worry a little bit just being a little bit more careless with the football down there 
I, I don't really think the elbow injury was that, you know what I mean? Like he was a like, questionable all week. They weren't sure if he was going to go. I wouldn't say really bothered him much just from watching him throw and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, again, Stefan Diggs had another insane day, obviously overshadowed by Justin Jefferson. For the Bill sides of things, I would have loved to see them win. At, like I, I just don't like a team like dropping back-to-back games, especially the second one being at home in both games that they're favored in. So – Maybe this changes my outlook on the Bills are the undisputed best team in football, which I not, like. I wouldn't say that they are anymore. I don't think they deserve to be called that either. I think that you could definitely say now the Chiefs have maybe won up them in that sense. I think they're right up there still, and I think that with a big win this coming week, they can get back into that conversation. But I think for right now, they like we've earned the right to kind of take Buffalo a tick down for the Vikings. Listen, as much as I want to kind of like say that at eight and one, do I think that this their record is reflective of their football team? No, but I, I, you're going to come back on 17 points of Buffalo. I'll, I'll tip my cap to you. I don't think this is a team that is a number one seed of a conference. I don't think they're that strong of a team, but they play in real good rhythm on offense. Their defense, again, got a couple big stops when they needed to late in this game. Patrick Peterson on that last play of the game was incredible. And for them at eight and one, it's it's real impressive, and they're setting themselves up really good in the NFC North. So we kind of, I kind of didn't get to hear you, Core, speak about like Buffalo. I kind of don't think yet it's time to worry. Although, like I said, dropping back to back games makes me feel a little not not great in sense. Like I'm, I'm curious what you think of like Buffalo thing because I mean you had them potentially being seventeen and zero, and now yeah. losing back to back games again in games that they were what ten oh like 10 and a half point favorites on them this past week, seven point favorites against Minnesota. I'm curious, like how you think of like their like long-term outlook for the 2022 season and playoffs. I still think they're, I think they're still the favorites in the AFC. And I think this team can easily win a Super Bowl. I mean, I'm going to say at this stage in the season, I think they came out like so, so dominant early on. You got me saying they're going to go 17 and 0. And I think they were playing like so much better than than everyone. I think even like against Green Bay, they only won that game by ten. But like their offense was just so dynamic. In the last two games, they've kind of looked a little more like human like. So I still think the Bills are the best team in the NFL. But I think for right now, you can't really put them there because they've been struggling a little bit. I mean, they're still in that tier tier one for sure. But I think if if you're if you're Sean McDermott in the Bills right now, I mean six and three. I don't think there's any doubt that this team is like not going to make the playoffs. I think I honestly don't really think there's much doubt that they're going to win the AFC East. Like as much as I am a Jets fan, like I still think the Bills are going to win this division. So I think you get out your your growing pains early, like not early, like early to midway through this season. Josh Allen learns to to be a little more protective of the football. I think Josh Allen is he's just like so good that he tries to do a lot, like so much. And yeah, I mean, he, another example is like he has like the ball. The guy just thinks he could take on like all the defenders in the world, even in like the backfield. Sometimes he mm-hmm. takes sacks, but other times he he avoids them and he like he makes good plays. But I think he's like such a special talent, honestly. You just got to sharpen that up. And, yeah, I mean, this early in the season, like I said, I don't think this is that bad. If they, like, continue to look bad – okay, I don't even know I'm saying bad. Like, continue to, like, make mistakes and lose games, I'll, I'll worry. But I still think this team is the best in football. So, they could just sharpen up some mistakes. I don't think there's much to worry about in Buffalo. And I expect this team to make a deeper on the playoffs still. Yeah, I mean, they did this kind of last year. I mentioned, like, I kind of like compared the Jets' loss two weeks ago to how they like lost in Jacksonville. I think it was actually also the same week. I think they were both week nine losses then, and they kind of also got blown out last year at home against the Colts. I want to say I think that was a little later in the season though. So you yeah. know what I mean? Like some like traditionally like not going to say traditionally now. That's but like last year they had like kind of a similar thing. And again, they were you could argue neck and neck with the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, and probably should have been, like, arguably were the best team in football in January. Yes, they didn't end up going to the Super Bowl or even getting to the AFC Championship game, but they went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs in that incredible game. Now, 
as good as this past weekend's regular season game was, it wasn't as good as the AFC divisional game. But I mean, again, if you want to talk about some regular season football games, it doesn't normally get much better than this. This would be a game, if you ask me, that people will remember kind of similarly to Rams Chiefs on that Monday night game. I think Rams Chiefs Monday night is still a tier above. Like, I'm not, I, I don't think that this one was better than that, but. This one was really close, again, because of just how Minnesota was stopped at the goal line so many times. And then another reason why I'm not crazy worried about Buffalo, how many times does that set, like, the center exchange? You know what I mean? Like, Buffalo got the stop on the goal line to stop Minnesota then, ultimately. And then the center exchange, the quarterback exchange just goes wrong. Like, that's just like kind of like a freak thing that kind of like, you know, it's just unfortunate, obviously. That, that, that just doesn't happen in football a lot. So I will say this. Back-to-back weeks, Buffalo's like defensive line has not looked great. I mean, I know Dalvin could get that really long run, but like, it just this team. What surprised me so much was that they were so physical early on in the year, specifically like in weeks one and two. And like, obviously, the Jets ran all over them a little bit. Minnesota matched them physicality-wise, so that definitely scares me a little bit. I know they did have four sacks in this game. That would definitely be something to note, maybe going on long term. Court, I will spin it now with the Vikings and the rest of the NFC. The Vikings are tied for first now in the conference because of a controversial ending to the Philadelphia Eagles' undefeated regular season. They lose to the Commanders. The final score a little misleading, 32-21, due to the Commanders scoring that touchdown with like no time left on like um, the lateral play. I think Devonta Smith was credited with the fumble, unfortunately, for him. The Commanders had the football all game. In this one, I think the third down stat was they were 12 for 20, I want to say. was the 12 for 21 was the exact number. 49 times they ran the ball for only 152 yards. That's a, a, a just over three yards a carry. So they got themselves into a lot of third and doables, and they were able to dominate that down, which was pretty impressive. They took the ball away from Philadelphia, something that Philadelphia's done a really good job of doing is avoiding the turnovers. And ultimately – at the end of the game, maybe luck doesn't break their side. They got a bad, really bad call on the Dallas Goddard fumble where there was a clear face mess. And then the last play with Heineke sliding down, I mean, there was definitely a – like you 100% have to call that if you're the ref, if you ask me. It's just like an unfortunate thing. But, I mean, he, Brandon Graham did definitely hit him three seconds late. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, again, the Vikings being tied with the Eagles, I mean, these two teams played in week two and we saw who was – the better football team. And I'm still saying that Philadelphia is the better football team, but for an Eagles team that people were saying, all right, maybe with this easy schedule, they have a chance to really make it interesting come December and maybe even into January as an undefeated team. The Washington commander said, "Uh, uh-uh, not today. And got, got a really nice victory for them to bring them to 500. My, the, the way that this game was like scripted and played just like favored the commanders, the commanders were out here putting together really long drives, milking a ton of clock. I mean, their drives were probably taking, I don't know, an average of at least seven, eight minutes. Like they were just having really long plays and they were just like taking their time, a lot of running the ball. And then when time came, like Heineke was able to make big throws. I mean, Terry McLaurin has certainly looked better with Taylor Heineke, a quarterback. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the Eagles in this game, I don't think they're as good as the Bills. But I think losing a game like this, I, I think people are going to be like, are the Eagles frauds, which I do not think they're frauds. I mean, obviously they need Jordan Davis back on that run defense, but y- y- there's 17 games. What what better do you get from going se- – you go 17-0 or 15-2. Or and two. Like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think to lose a game in the regular season, I think – to me, I think losing is kind of just like a lesson. I think they're clearly – I don't think the Eagles are frauds. I think they're clearly a top team in the NFL, and I think they're the best team in the NFC. So it's also like a pretty sloppy game from them. I mean, that that Hurts interception, I'll just give – that was a good play from, from the Washington secondary. And then, yeah, Goddard fumbles after getting a clear face mask. The refs kind of like didn't see that, I guess. And then Quez Watkins fumbling. I mean, that's just – that's just a play that you're, I don't know. I mean, you got to hold on to the ball. I mean, you, you're going to have the ball down in Washington territory instead you're on defense. So, And then at the end, I think that call kind of annoyed me just because I think Heineke clearly like sold his body and like smacked his head against the ground. But, I mean, Brandon Graham is a veteran. 
I think he's got to know better in that situation and just not hit him. And you get the ball back, and I think Hurts would have been able to get stuff done and potentially win the game. But, hey, I think Jalen Hurts said in, in like, the the post-game press conference, something about bouncing back. And I think this Eagles team will Eagles team will will bounce back. Their schedule is really not hard. I think to suffer a loss here, uh, I think I think it's all good for them. And yeah, tip your tip your cap to the Commanders who had five and five. I mean, they get back in the um, in the playoff picture in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, starting with Philadelphia, I'm not too too worried about their outlook. Like I said, I still think even with this loss, they are the best team in the NFC. Do I think that this maybe exposes certain things and certain teams will try to do what Washington did, which was really control the clock against Philadelphia? Yeah, I do think so. But I also think that, I mean, again, 12 for 21 is about just over 57% percent uh, conversion percentage on third down. Your average, like in the NFL across this year in 2022, middle of the pack is about 40%. So if you think about that, like 57, significantly larger there. Like, you know, that that's pretty like that doesn't happen often is what I'm trying to say here. So for Philadelphia's defense, definitely want to start getting off the field on third down, put them into more third and longs and stuff. But good for Washington for having a game plan and really sticking with it. Like I said, I mean, to run the ball at, for three yards a clip and almost and run it just under 50 times is not really seen that much in the NFL in 2022. But that's how they felt that they could win. And for them at five and five, they put themselves right in the wild card race. I believe if the season ended today, they would be just missing it, mm-hmm. if, I, I, if I'm not mistaken. Because I think San Francisco has them like one up at six and because they're five and four. But I'm curious with you, Core. Do you think Washington at five and five should be taken seriously? Like, Do you think that this is a playoff team? And do you think that this is a team that's kind of just like running a little bit hot right now with Taylor Heineke? Because, I mean, it looks like Taylor, Taylor Heineke keeps them in games. Like, he keeps them really competitive. But I'm curious, like – where you think this Washington team is. Because, I mean, I think a couple weeks ago, we would have said that this is like, yeah, like this team is maybe a six, seven win team. You know what I mean? Kind of gross. Like maybe they'll hang around in some games. But I don't know. Now, like a signature win like the Eagles here on the road, five and five, like I said, right in kind of the middle of the NFC race. I'm curious. I think the big thing is like they have two games against the Giants. Like those are two huge swing games. So I'm curious kind of like where you see them, the Washington being that. Yeah, I mean, I look in the NFC playoff picture. I don't see them winning the NFC East and yeah, there's going to be three, three wild cards. And currently it's, it's the giants, it's Dallas and it's the 49ers. And I think the commanders are like a decent, gritty, solid football team. But I mean, maybe they if they could beat the giants, I think that's their best bet because I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty like the Cowboys and the 49ers are just better teams than then the Washington Commanders, the Giants are seven and two. A lot of their wins have been like close games. I know they've beaten like Green Bay, they've beaten Baltimore, so they've earned the right to be like named a legit team. But out of those three wild card teams, I'd say, yeah, no, the Giants are seven and two, like a better record than Dallas and the Niners. But hey, I'm not counting out the Giants for the division either. But I think if there's a team that they could catch. In the potential wildcard race, I mean, I think it would be um, the Giants. I don't think they're going to, but I think that's their best bet. Personally, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I could see this team ending with about anywhere from like seven to nine wins. I think, with especially with Taylor Heineke at quarterback, it seemed like it's just been like an energy switch. He, he, he always goes out there with the underdog mentality, and it's obviously benefited for him in the NFL. I mean – He's been a good story, in my opinion, even um, in that COVID season. He came in, he balled out in that playoff game against the Bucs. I know they lost, but he's just a guy that goes out there, gives his all, and he looks like a really good teammate. Pretty, pretty like, emotional type guy. Pretty hype after that, uh, that like, late hit on him. So I think he's definitely changed the energy in, in Washington. I think Carson Wentz, there's no way you can turn back to Wentz, the way Heineke's carried this ball club. So, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But, yeah, those games against the Giants are definitely key because that's the only team I think they could potentially beat out. I don't think they're better than any other team in, in front of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you 
with Heineke, it just seems like he does put his body on the line, almost in a sense, not afraid to take risks, even throwing the ball. And he wins football games for the commanders. They've had a tough time winning when he's not at quarterback over the past couple of years, but when he's at quarterback, he, something seems to click there. Yeah, I mean, I just point out the Giants specifically because they have those two head-to-head games. So they kind of, I don't want to say in a sense control their own destiny because that's not like really true, but if you if they sweep those two games against the Giants, which I personally don't think they are, I think the Giants are a decently better football team than Washington. Uh, I think that if they if Washington can pull those off, then yeah, they play themselves right into the playoff scenario. They actually also do have games against the 49ers and Dallas as well. So kind of circling back then, core to the other teams, we're both in agreement with Dallas and the Giants above Washington. We'll go with Dallas first. I mean, blowing a 14-point lead in Lambeau, losing in overtime. I'm curious, does that, like, scare you a little bit about Dallas too as well? Because it seemed like for a while that we put Dallas as maybe the second-best team in the conference and maybe even a team that could rival the Eagles if Dak Prescott and the offense was clicking, which it seemed like in some weeks they were, especially that week against the Bears, they really got going. They play the Vikings this week, so we'll get to get a real test between two of the top teams in the NFC. But I'm curious – like what your takeaway was about the Cowboys blowing that game late. I mean, Christian Watson, uh, just coming out party. I mean, the guy's crazy athletic at 6'4", blazing fast, had a couple drop, bad drops. I mean, the one really bad one, week one, really kind of got like phased out, had a concussion, but seems like maybe might be Aaron Rodgers' guy along with Alan Lazard down the second half of the season with no Romeo Dobbs there. And yeah, three touchdowns, unbelievable game for him, but – I think I think the Green Bay coming back in this one should get more of the story. I don't think maybe a lot of people are too concerned about Dallas, but maybe something changed with you. Maybe you saw something. I'm curious. See, the thing about this Dallas defense – I mean, no, this Dallas team that kind of concerned me was just – I mean, maybe Green Bay found something in Christian Watson here, and that Green Bay offense was playing better than they have all year. But I think Dallas's defense this year has certainly been a top unit in the – all in all of the NFL and in this game it was almost like it was it was like relying on their offense to get this mm-hmm. win and yeah I, I don't think this offense is as, is as explosive as it has been in like previous years when they had like Amari Cooper um a better Ezekiel Elliott I know he didn't even play in this game but I mean Tony Pollard like they had more weapons I mean I think Dak's even seen a little bit of better days I still think he's a good quarterback but I think this is a different team in the past. I think the defense is their better unit compared to their offense. I think their offense is still a solid unit, but I think this defense has potential to be elite. And in this game, they could not get a stop when when it was really needed. And they kind of just like the Packers kind of just like drove up and down, up and down the field. Like I was seeing on the um, the post game, um, McCar- Coach McCarthy goes for that on on fourth down and overtime. And personally, I didn't hate the call because mm-hmm. it was like cold. I don't know if it was like windy, but I mean, you kicked the field goal. Um, you were not really stopping the Packers like the whole fourth quarter. Like they were scoring touchdowns, moving the ball up and down the field pretty easily. Like in the fourth, I feel like even in the second half. So I think I didn't. I didn't hate that call. I mean, you had to like give your offense a chance and. Your your defense was just like not getting the job done that game. So I think that's the only concern I have. Um, I'll see if they could bounce back against a good Minnesota team. But yeah, I mean that's just something to look out for in my opinion. Yeah, I mean I like how you brought up the Mike McCarthy thing. I kind of agreed with the call as well. I think due to certain conditions on the field, obviously Lambeau tough place to kick, especially when the weather's not great. Deeper field goals, it would have been about fifty two or fifty three, I believe. And the Packers had scored two pretty long touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So you're thinking like two like long touchdown drives is what I want to say. They had nine play and 10 play touchdown drives. So I, I don't hate the call at all. I think normally maybe you would trust your defense if you were Dallas, but Dallas's defense, it just wasn't maybe their day, which is a little upsetting because we talked about Dallas's defense potentially being the best defense in the NFL. You can't, you can't be the best defense in the NFL if you blow 14-point leads. That just doesn't happen. And, I mean, to be honest, Dallas' defense kind of got run all over in this game. I mean, Aaron Jones ran the ball really well. Yeah. So maybe the Packers found something with them. They ran total for over 200 yards on the ground, which was good for them. Do you think that this maybe sparked something now for Green Bay at 4-6? and six? We were kind of talking about the wild card race there. But, I mean, they're like – 
you could even say that if you want to put, because you were kind of saying like you have Dallas and the Niners above the Giants, right? Of those three wild card teams, but the Giants have seven. Uh, Giants are seven and two. Green Bay's four and six. It's a three and a half game difference. Like I think that might be really tough to go catch the Giants, maybe in particular. But like, do you think Green Bay like this sparks them, or do you maybe think that like, yeah, this was a nice win, but this is also a team that just scored nine points the week prior to the Lions. Like, let's not get like. You know what I mean? Let's not overreact to one half of football or one quarter and overtime of football. Mm. I mean, I'm not I'm not really sold on this on this team. I think this certainly is a big win for for the Packers, but I think they've kind of dug themselves in such a a big hole that I don't know. I don't really see them getting into the playoffs. Like I was saying the commanders are like the eight seed right now, and I didn't think they were gonna beat out any of the three wild card spots. Like what makes me think the the Packers can do that? I don't think they're better than the Cowboys. I know they beat them, um, but I don't think they're a better team. I don't think they're better than the Niners. I mean, the Giants beat them, so I I don't think the Packers really got a run in them. I mean, we can keep receipts here. If Aaron Rodgers goes um MVP mode again and they come back, uh, I guess yeah, it'll just be proving me wrong. But I don't know. I don't I don't think the Packers got it in them to do this. Consistently, and I think Christian Watson. The thing about him is he did really well in this game, three touchdowns. But the thing about him is he's more of a home run type hitter receiver. Mm-hmm. Like he's a big reception guy, and big receptions usually are not that sustainable unless you're like a Tyree Kill, like a top receiver in the league. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I mean Al Lazard didn't get as many touches in this game. Um, I mean, Aaron Jones has been running the ball really well, so. But Christian Watson, I'm curious to see if if he could turn into that number one wide receiver that Rodgers has been looking for and be a guy who can get like five to seven catches a game and not rely on like big plays. But yeah, I don't think the Packers, I think this is definitely a good win for them. Almost like a season saving win just to keep mm-hmm. them in the race. But no, I don't I don't think they're a playoff team this year. And I still, yeah, I don't think they're. I think the Vikings are a better team. Um, you know, last week I had that cold take. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Packers are gonna come in last in the NFC. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta like release on the Instagram just like bad takes by me, like freezing cold takes, like Bills seventeen and zero, and you know, since I said the Packers are gonna come in last, like they actually might go crazy and like make the playoffs just to make me look pretty bad but yeah i think after last week i don't know if they still come in last but I, I really don't think this is a playoff team honestly yeah neither do i i mean two real good tests coming up for them are the titans and the eagles back-to-back weeks i mean they win both of those games then i'm really ready to be like all right yeah this is the, the packers are a playoff team but yeah i agree with you i think this saves their season in the sense i think they would have lost this game then with those next two games coming up then you're probably like all right this team's done but I think, yeah, this keeps them maybe like their hopes just a little enough. And who knows? You know what I mean? If you crack, sometimes the door's cracked a little open, you start, you knock the door over in a sense. You kick it down and maybe now all of a sudden Green Bay, it took them, what, 10 games for their offense to start, or nine and a half games for their offense to really start rolling. And now all of a sudden they're going to get going and maybe they go on a run of some sort. I mean, I'm just looking at their schedule down the line. I I believe they have they have the Bears, then they have their bye week the Rams, the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Lions. So a lot of familiarity with some of the teams on their schedule. So who, who knows? Like I said, do I still think this team is good enough to make the playoffs? No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to overreact to a couple of real big plays and uh, a good, a really good second half of football. But with that being said, I think that I, de- I declared them dead last week. They're not dead, but they're, they're barely breathing. Now I'll go with that. I've upgraded the Packers from dead to barely breathing. So congratulations, Green Bay. You have a sliver of hope in my mind. Dallas, though, you still have above the Giants, right? I just want to clarify with that. Like, these two teams play on Thanksgiving, so that's going to be an awesome game if you ask me. But do you still have Dallas above the Giants and then Philadelphia above both of them given this week's events? Yeah, 100%. I still – Yeah, I'm not going to put one game into it. I still say it's – Yeah, Dallas over the Giants – Philly over both of them, I think. That's exactly what I think. And what if, what if me and the, the Giants go into Dallas and we beat Dallas on Thanksgiving? 
Uh, I mean, and that's not really going to change my opinion. Okay. I'm still okay. Putting Dallas. I, hey, I, Dallas won the I, first I, one. I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, yeah, they, they did, they did it, but it's not Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Thanksgiving, they hit a little closer to home when you when you go into Jerry's World on Thanksgiving and beat them. But yeah, I understand. And listen, that's perfectly fair. The Giants played oh, the Houston Texans this week. What's up? Oh no, I was gonna say. I mean, I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me, but I mean, last year, Jerry, Jerry, and the boys got beat by the Raiders at home. Um. I could have sworn like 2019, maybe. Did, did Buffalo come into Dallas and get a win? Like that, that might have been 2020. That actually might have been 2020 because I think that was good, oh, Josh Allen. I remember. You probably remember that. Remember, like I was like, I think I'm gonna slam the Cowboys. Like I wasn't really into this, like betting thing, and I was like, oh, Cowboys at home versus the Bills. No, nah, I think it was like the 2019, 2020 season. I remember. Do you remember that? I was like, I'm gonna slam the Cowboys. Was against kind of. I remember Devin Singletary. I think Devin Singletary. I want to say, did Josh Allen catch a touchdown in that game? I don't remember like, that. Singletary caught it. Singletary caught like the first touchdown. Or something. I don't know. I could be. I, I could be. I might have. Could be. They. They. they was definitely 2019, 2020 though. And then, in the year between those, didn't they lost to Washington at home? So. Oh, they got killed on Thanksgiving court. Here, I'm sorry, we're going on a tangent here. Going back, I mean, they lost to the Raiders in 2021. We lost to Washington in 2020. Got slaughtered, actually, by Washington. Lost <laughs> to the Bills in 2019. 2018, I remember this was Amari Cooper, that big game that he had. They won that day. 2017, lost in Thanksgiving. 2016, this is not a great Thanksgiving team at home. So maybe <laughs> the Giants get them. But, I mean, that that's something for next week. We'll start kicking the tires on that. But for now... I'll live with that core being like Philadelphia and Dallas and then the Giants right after that. Although maybe I don't want to agree with that. I can live with that. And I still think even with Philadelphia losing, I think even if Dallas would have won this game, then maybe like the gap in my mind would have got like a little closer between these two teams or both of them losing. It's almost like, all right, like they're where they were a week ago. Now they just both have one extra loss on their record. We'll move to the NFC West real quick. The nightmare in LA continues Cooper Cup goes down in this game. He's going to, going to be placed on IR. We're missing minimum of four games. They played without Matt Stafford in this game. I believe a concussion was the diagnosis that he had there. Three and six. Rumors came out in the offseason that like Aaron Donald and Sean McVay were really thinking about walking away. And it like it just makes me think now that like maybe they knew something that we don't. Like, you know what I mean? It's just it it's been a tough year for them. They haven't really gotten anything going. I mean, we've mentioned all the different pieces they've had on their offensive line, and now these injuries. It's a sh- they don't have their first round pick. It's going to the Lions. I mean, core. There's a real possibility at this point. At three and six, they're probably not going to play good without Cup. So in the four games, let's just say generously, they split them, right? And I mean, who knows? That, that, that could again that would put them at five and eight. Like that's probably they're not going to be a playoff team at five and eight. Then like where they turn at the end of the regular season, however they finish. Like, is this going to be a top 10 pick that they're giving up to the Lions? Because it really looks like it might. I mean, I don't know where they go from here. What are they? Are they three and six or three and seven? They're three, three and six because they had their buy. Are they three and six? Okay. Um, I mean, top 10. I mean, their, their, their pick right now is actually higher than the Lions pick. It, if this, if the season ended today, the Rams would have the seventh pick in the draft. That would be sent to Detroit. Detroit owns their Detroit's own pick is the is the eleventh pick. Uh huh. Well, I think yeah, Stafford. Yeah, so it was a full participant at practice, but I mean, without Cooper Cup, this offense and me, it's just pretty pretty hopeless. So I don't know where this team goes from here. I don't know. I mean, luckily they got that Super Bowl last year. I think it could get it could get ugly. I mean, the Saints on the road, the Chiefs on the road, Seattle. They I had mean, they had the highest like the hardest strength of schedule, by the way. Like that was known to be completely fair. And they were playing in a gauntlet of a division that Seattle, like who's supposed to be a pushover, has turned into arguably the best team in that division. So don't get me wrong. Like I guess they kind of knew that they were gonna have a hard schedule, but yeah, I mean, you just said who was it, Kansas City and what was the other team? Um, this they play the Saints, uh, Seattle. They Seattle play those twice. Teams. I know. I, I know they still have yeah, two. Seattle, like, that's Seattle twice. I don't know. I think I don't really. 
Like, I think they probably end the season with about five. I, I don't see them getting more than six wins. Like, I think they're a five to six win team. It's definitely, I don't know. The the Super Bowl hangover here is just real. And, yeah, I mean, this team, thing wins five to six games, and I don't know where they go from here. I don't know. I think Matt Stafford, I don't know what's really happened to him. Um, I mean, last year, even before they got, like, Odell and they just had Cooper Cup, I know they had Robert Woods also, but he was, like, playing at a really high level. Maybe he got a Super Bowl and he's kind of, like, slacked off a little, but I don't know. I mean, the Rams, luckily they did get that ring, but they're really not in a good position at all. They do not have many picks coming. I mean, even those Ramsey's picks, probably going to Jacksonville. I'm not sure how that's working, but, I mean, the Rams could be bad for, for some years to come, in my opinion. But, hey, if you, if you told them, was it worth the ring, I think they're all going to say yes, yeah, so. Mm, it's all right, but I think they win five games this year, and the future is not bright at all. Yeah, I, I again, I mean, I wouldn't. Say, I don't know if I'd say the future isn't bright at all because I think it's one of those things that, like, next year could be like a quick turnaround. Obviously, with Stafford on the contract, like, you know what I mean. But like, Aaron Donald did extend his stay as well, but with no first round pick, that definitely hurts them from the Stafford deal. It makes it even crazier if you ask me that they thought about trading two first-round picks for Brian Burns. Like, that was a report that got leaked a couple weeks ago that they were going to give up their 2024 and 2025, just, like, with all the uncertainty. But I guess Les Snead and Sean McVay have collectively just been like, all right, we're just going to push it into this window and, like, hopefully, like, be as good as we possibly can be for the next couple years. And then after that, like, whatever happens, happens. But, yeah, I'm curious to see how ugly this gets in the Rams. I'm sorry. I was supposed to search up what the worst, like, Super Bowl hangover was, the worst record, like, this is going to have to be pretty close to what it, like, to what, you know what I mean? Like, the worst record after winning a Super Bowl, the, the, and what they ended up finishing with. Mm, I'm sure that there's been teams, like, I mean, this is, just, like, San Francisco a couple of years ago didn't win the Super Bowl, and then they finished, like, 6-10 and 10 in, in, like, the COVID year, like, after they went to the Super Bowl. But, like, just off the top of my head, I mean, there's probably a couple of teams that, like, missed the playoffs after making the Super Bowl. That's completely reasonable. But, again, being – a five-win team, being a top, like, bottom 10 team in the NFL, I feel like that's really rare. And, again, the turnover on this roster was nothing. Like, it's not like they won a Super Bowl. Their quarterback retired. They lost their best defensive player. You know, they, they brought everybody back, basically. They lost Bob Miller. Like, but, okay, they brought in Bobby Wagner. Like, they lost a couple – off. they lost an offensive lineman, Andrew Woodworth, to retirement. They had Noten Bloom as – he just – they really ran into some tough injury luck – a brutal schedule and just a little bit of regression, to be completely honest. This is a team that last year, like, at, for, a lo- for a decent part of the season, wasn't, like, overly dominant. They had, like, high preseason expectations, but I wouldn't say they really figured it out until late in the year. Uh, I think it was, like, around, like, that Lambeau game, I think they lost. I think that was, like, week, like, 13, I want to say, maybe, or, like, 12. And then maybe they started clicking, like, down the stretch, so... I don't know, just real disappointing for them. The Cardinals, also without their quarterback in that game, were victorious. Colt McCoy, maybe one of the best backups right now in the league. I mean, last year he won a nice game in Seattle. Two or two years ago, he won one with the Giants in Seattle. Last year, he won with the Cardinals in Seattle. This year, goes on the road to L.A. to win that game. They did lose Zach Ertz to an injury a season ending, which is going to be really brutal for them. At four and six, I also think they're kind of just like in no man's land in the wild card race. I don't think they're good enough to, to jump any of those teams like the Giants. I would actually put the Packers a sliver ahead of the Cardinals. So I don't I'm I'm not really anticipating them make like I don't think they're gonna make a lot of noise. So especially with Kyler Murray's status, like I said, in limbo potentially this week, they're playing the Niners. They have to beat the Niners. Like the Niners now would be there. If they could beat the Niners this week, I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe they got a shot now at the playoffs. But for right now I'm like I'm not thinking about that. Beat the Niners this week, and then I'll start really maybe getting on board with the Cardinals' playoff push. The Niners, as I just mentioned them, they move within a half game of Seattle with a nice win on Sunday night football. Elijah Mitchell got a lot of run in that game in his return. I thought it was very, very interesting that he out-touched Christian McCaffrey on the ground. For the Chargers, it just still continues to be a disappointing season in the sense that like their offense is just taking a huge step back without Mike Williams and – 
Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert battling through injuries. Hopefully they can get healthy and maybe start to play to some of those preseason expectations. I mean, obviously they're still missing a ton of pieces on each side of the ball, but definitely getting those receivers back would help. Seattle lost, which is why San Francisco was able to cut it to a half a game. Between those two teams, core real quick before we move on to some quarterback performances, who do you like down the stretch? Like if, if the Niners win this week, these two teams are tied with the Niners having the tiebreaker being up 1-0 in the division uh, in the head-to-head battle. Who do you think wins the NFC West ultimately, San Francisco or Seattle? I'm, I'm going to have to ride with with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seattle is a really good story, but I don't know. I mean, that's what they are. They're really, they're really good. Like they're a good football. They're they're a good football team. They're a great story. But like, I, I agree with you. I think they had a good draft. I mean, a great draft. Yeah, I mean, last week, I think in that first half, the Seattle's offense looked pretty pretty stagnant. Like oh, really. Not moving the ball, and I was like, "Is this the Seattle like we've been thinking of?" And honestly, like they put up a good fight in the second half. Was actually moving the ball. Geno Smith, I'll give it to Geno. He's playing with a lot of heart out there. Um, clearly playing for for a job in the future, if not on Seattle next year. But I just don't think they got. They're just not as talented of a team as the Niners. These two teams met earlier in the year. I think that's a different Seattle team right now, but. San Francisco did blow them out, and yeah, well, yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that, that was when Lance got hurt too in the game. Like that was like kind of throwing Jimmy Garoppolo into the game, like not, you know what I mean? Not having like crazy reps in practice. I know obviously Jimmy was a starter last year, but still, you know what I mean? Like they had an offense catered to Lance, they lose Lance mid game, and San Francisco dominated them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I want to be bold, but I think the you Niners. You got to be rational. I think it's the Niners' division to lose. I think. They are poised for somewhat of a deep run in I think they're yeah, I, I think they can make it to the NFC championship game. I mean they could make it out of the NFC. I don't think they will, but NFC championship game I think is what they will get to. So yeah, I think they win the I think they win a division and I think Seattle I think Seattle actually plays good enough down the stretch and is able to get in as a wild card team. I think yeah, mm-hmm. but I think the Niners um win this division. I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, again, and it's, not, it's nothing against Seattle. I mean, just look at these teams' preseason expectations. Preseason expectations, San Francisco's a Super Bowl contender, and they're making trades for Christian McCaffrey, and Seattle's rebuilding, and look at them. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. Seattle's probably going to win 10 games. They go on to a good, well-deserved bye week for them. They come out of the bye week with the Raiders, the Rams, and the Panthers. Like, looking down the line on their schedule, they play the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Rams again. There's four wins in that schedule right there to go to 10 wins. That's a solid number. You're probably in the wild card in the NFC with 10 wins. So that's perfectly fine for them. They don't need to win the NFC West. They need to get into the playoffs and they need to continue growing. And like I said, they, their rookie class, I remember at some point they like, there was some record with them and like snaps played and stuff like that, but continue developing because they seem like they're in a really good spot franchise wise after trading Russell Wilson better than anybody ever could have imagined. Onto a couple big quarterback days, core before we get into our game picks. First, we'll start with Justin Fields and his four touchdown performance. Another real big showing from him continuing. I think at this point, Chicago will end up going with him for 2023, which is crazy because after, like, I mean, around like when they were playing like the Giants, I think that was week four, it was looking ugly for Fields. And people were saying, like, front office not tied to him at all. Like, see ya after this year. Yeah, he's maybe talented in certain like this, but we just have to put it together. Really, they've done a great job catering the offense to his strengths. Still a second-year quarterback. He made a horrendous decision. He was like, I think, I don't know if he was like trying. I think it looked like he was trying to throw the ball away. Ended up throwing a pick six to former Ohio State teammate Jeff Okuda. Led to, ultimately, the Lions being able to come back in this game and winning 31-30. So, for Bears fans, I mean, you know what I mean? Kind of a, like kind of gross, I guess, to ultimately lose the game again, like, in the end, it's not really about the wins. It's about the field developing, and it, it continues to show some real promise, so good for him. But, uh, uh, yeah, for the Lions, another a nice win back-to-back weeks, a 14-point comeback in the fourth. But, yeah, I mean, good. like I said, I think at this point you're in agreement, too, that Justin Fields would be the 2023 Week 1 quarterback for Chicago. For sure. I think he's established himself as, a, uh, as, their, as their franchise quarterback. I mean, a lot of his success has come on the ground. But I just think Fields is like 
different though. I mean, he's obviously been really effective on the ground. I mean, that guy runs about like a four four. He is absolutely absolute lightning speed, but like his body's like pretty strong looking. But I think he like another like mobile quarterback, obviously like Lamar Jackson. I think like they're just different because I think Fields is honestly a pretty like established passer. Like he has a good arm. He's accurate, but I just feel like, yeah, maybe just his decision-making has to improve, but I think he's different than Lamar in that aspect just because, like, I don't think Lamar was, like, that good of a thrower. I still don't think he's a great thrower, but he's, like, he's able to get it done. Like, Fields, if you watch throw, like, even in college, like, he hasn't cannon, and he's, like, a very tough quarterback. Like, that throw in the college football playoff to to Chris mm-hmm. Olave, yeah, absolute dime, like, Fields has an arm. I think the potential for him, honestly, like, is through the sky if he could, like, make better decisions and read defenses better. He's also on the Bears, not a lot of, like, help on the outside. But, I mean, like, when it comes to scoring points for your offense, I mean, if you put a lot of other quarterbacks back there, I don't know how many are really being that successful. But, like, like if Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback for the Bears – I think a 17-game season, they probably win 10 games maybe, 9 to 10 games. Like, I don't know. Maybe you're different. I think they win about 10 games. Like, I don't think – like, they're not winning 13 games. So, I think Fields has definitely improved this year. And honestly, like, yeah. I mean, watching Zach Wilson play, I mean, I can keep saying that. Like, honestly, if Zach – if Justin Fields was a Jet, I, I'd honestly put them in a tier in the AFC – Below, below Kansas City, Buffalo, Miami, but like maybe like that fourth team. I, I just think Justin Fields, like his explosiveness and ability to run has obviously been a difference maker. And I mean, if he could just develop like better decision making, better decision making, I mean, yeah, I said, I think the potential is honestly like through the roof for him. Yeah. I mean, listen, he still has to develop as a passer. He's still like, he's not perfect at all. I mean, even just like the second year quarterbacks, like, I'm still think like even Lawrence. I know he had like a tough couple weeks middle of the year, but Trevor Lawrence is like back on track. This sense, like I'm still saying Trevor, like I'm Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than him. But like Fields, I think what now is making Fields more like having, especially having just some of his big games, is because of his athleticism and how get physically gifted he is. It's kind of like maybe over like shadowing some of those deficiencies, you know what I mean, to an extent, which is good in a sense, but those problems still eventually have to get fixed, which again, he's still a young quarterback. He's in his second year, but good for him being able to kind of like, again, and good for Chicago, really play to his strengths and like maybe potentially let like his run game and stuff like that open up things in the air and make it that much easier. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't like agree with you kind of maybe on how he compares with Lamar. I think that, Oh no! Arm strength, arm, arm strength. Don't get me wrong. He's he's got a better arm than Lamar and stuff like that. But I even think like, I don't know. Maybe like maybe like young. He's still like I mean he's not second year Lamar. Like you know what I mean. Them both in their second year, they're night and day. Even mm-hmm. if you're throwing the ball still. Like I think that field still has a decent way to go. But I think that compared to where he was six weeks ago, I think he's made some pretty decent strides. So good for Justin Fields. Moving on into the AFC. The Miami Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa continue to prove people wrong. 39 points in the, on the Cleveland Browns. They arguably have the best offense in the league. If not, it belongs to the Kansas City Chiefs, who got another nice victory this past week. Mahomes with four touchdowns. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Val- Valdez-Scantling went down in this game. Mahomes is first in the league in yards and touchdown second in QBR. I mean, Corey, you could touch on both of these guys, man. For Tua, good for him, and like for all the talk that people wanted to say that oh, they, I can't believe he was a top five pick, and oh, the Dolphins wasted that and this. I mean, yeah, you can say that he doesn't really extend plays like everybody else does, but for Tua and the role that they've created for him, there's probably nobody better in the NFL at doing what Miami asks Tua to do than Tua, which is awesome coaching. And for Mahomes, I mean, again, everybody wants to point to oh, maybe Jalen Hurts is the MVP. Oh, maybe Josh Allen is. Patrick Mahomes still runs the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tua this season has certainly been been really good. I mean, he's throwing for a lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards. So, 
people are just going to say he's got Jalen Waddell, he's got Tyree Kill, but, I mean, he's honestly thrown to receivers. He's thrown to fullbacks. He's thrown to uh, Sherfield. Like, he's just throwing to a lot of different guys. And you could say when you have, like, two two receivers, though, like that, it's just easy. But he still makes the right decisions. His accuracy is still really good. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have the arm strength of a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, but he's got he's got everything else. And yeah, I mean, this Miami team, it, I think yeah, I think they're the third best team in the in the AFC, and I don't think it's that close. Like, I'd put them over Baltimore for sure right now. So I think yeah, I I think two has definitely done a great job, and yeah, they haven't lost a game with with him with him at quarterback, and then Patrick Mahomes. The fact that I even doubted him a little bit going into the season without Tyree Kill, I mean, another another freezing cold take from me. The guy's got to be the MVP favorite. I mean, two was up there too. I think Jalen Hurts obviously is up there also. I think the amount of interceptions Josh Allen has, I can't really put him in that right now. I mean, a few good games, you could come back into it. But, yeah, Mahomes is just different. I mean – the ability to extend plays, his ability to find different receivers. Just like very flashy quarterback just gets it done. And the Chiefs, when he's at quarterback, are as dangerous as anyone in the NFL. I mean, I'd like to see Mahomes get another ring because, I mean, like talent-wise, like personally, I mean, I know he's young, but there's pro- there's not a lot of quarterbacks you've seen. We've seen like Patrick Mahomes. Like he honestly is one of the best pure talents I think we we've we've ever seen in this game. So if he could just get some yeah, some more Super Bowls, um yeah, I think he can go down as an all time great. I think he already will, honestly, the way he's going. And he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. But yeah, right now, I'm not giving this guy like the LeBron James treatment, but he's certainly he's certainly just every year. Like you just know it's Patrick Mahomes. It's casually gonna come in, he's gonna throw for three hundred yards, he's gonna throw for four touchdowns. Like that's just what he does. No, it's getting it's getting to like LeBron James level in a sense, like where it's just like you know what I mean, where everybody's just like constantly like looking for the next best guy, but like it's LeBron in two thousand ten, eleven, twelve, like it's it, he's LeBron, so mm-hmm. like he's the best, and you know what I mean. You could try to hype it up because you want the media, but at the end of the day, it is Patrick Mahomes. Not to take anything away from anything else, I think Josh Allen is a phenomenal quarterback and is on Patrick Mahomes' level, but he's just not Patrick Mahomes. Core one word, like better offense. Miami or Kansas City? Just out of respect right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with I Kansas think that's City. Fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with Kansas City, but hey, Miami has been elite. And I mean, the fact that that's even a conversation, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they added a lot of things on their offense and they added Mike McDaniel and stuff like that. But if you would have told people that that was a conversation going into the years, Miami's the best offense in the league, people would have been like, what? Are you crazy? Yeah. They got two of them. They got the guy who can't throw the ball 15 yards. Like, crazy. But, again, mm-hmm. it just goes to show you how much – how crazy it can be when co- good coaching plays into the team strengths and when say, everybody's working together. Also, the thing that Miami definitely has over Kansas City right now is definitely – run game. game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that run game right now. I mean, Jeff Wilson, I, I, who knew this guy would be such a great addition? I mean, him and, him and Raheem Mostert is a really good um, running back duo. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to see a Kansas City versus Miami game. Like, if the game's at Kansas City in the playoffs, I don't know what Vegas makes that spread. I'm thinking maybe, what, Kansas City minus four and a half or less than that? I, think I, might, think, I, actually, I actually think it might be like five if it's in Kansas City. Five, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I think this game definitely comes down to a touchdown and, like, within a touchdown. So, I mean, I'd be – that would be a great game to see. I mean, football is just better than, like, any other sport, honestly. I mean, the playoffs in football are just always, always, like, so great. It's just so close games. Like, last year, mm-hmm. so many games settled by one-possession games. So, hey, I'm not hyping it up yet. I'm not trying to. We still have a lot of regular season football. But playoff football, I mean, there's just nothing like it. That's all I'm saying. So, I'd love to see a matchup between these two teams. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we won't see that in the regular season. But for the Dolphins side of things, they got – Kind of a gauntlet of a schedule coming. They, they're going on their bye this week, but down the road, three straight games on the road at San Francisco, at 
L.A. to play the Chargers and at Buffalo to play the Bills. It's a brutal stretch. And if you want to prove that you're the best offense in the league, you're going to have a chance later down the stretch than they play the Patriots in Foxborough, too, on New Year's Day, which is, again, that's, good. that's a tough place to play. Before we get into our game pick score real quick, we got to shout out our guy, man. The only undefeated coach in the NFL in his career, that would be Jeff Saturday. 1-0. Because he beats the Vegas Raiders 25-20. Prove him wrong, Jeff. Matt Ryan's running, looking like, I don't know, young Lamar Jackson. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying young Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? He's looking like, I couldn't believe it. Like That was so funny seeing that play. Jeff Saturday has revitalized this team. No, it all changed because the Colts really aren't going anywhere. Just an awesome story for Jeff Saturday. And, I mean, honestly, a nightmare season continues. For the Raiders, they hire Josh McDaniels to be their head coach. They're two and seven, and they just lost to. I'm not calling Jeff Saturday a mockery, but everything around him in the media this week has been an absolute mockery with Jeff Saturday. So just kind of upsetting. And again, just the tough season continues in Vegas. Yeah, I did not watch this game, but in court, who did? I mean, let's be real here. We saw Matt Ryan run. Yeah, I mean Matt Ryan. Had that big run, but I know someone got ruled out for, for Oak, for Las Vegas. But I don't know who it was. Was it um, Renfro maybe, or or some Renfro and Renfro and Waller both. Waller, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know the spread kept dropping, but honestly, like, I'm not gonna want like I liked the Colts in this game. I liked them in Jeff Saturday's debut. I mean, the team just has no pressure on them. I mean, that's Jeff Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. if Jeff's what Jeff Saturday's doing, but I mean, if I'm Jeff Saturday. I'm I'm just going out there. Just ha- if I'm Jeff Saturday right now, coaching the Colts, I'm just completely just having a good time with it. Like you think after the season, he's the guy's not going to be the coach of the Colts. They're going to go out and sign, um, hire another coach. So if I'm Jeff Saturday, I'm literally just going out and having a fun time, just mm-hmm. joking around with with my guys. Maybe the guy played center. Clown around with the old lineman. I know this guy. This is the NFL. I mean, the guy's not going to clown around the whole time. But like, if I'm Saturday, I'm just cracking like jokes at practice, just joking around, being serious when it's needed. Mm-hmm. Just cracking mm-hmm. a lot of jokes. Just have the energy very like flu- like very free. It's and- gonna yeah, they're, they're gonna be very loose, a hundred percent, and almost just be like fun. grateful for this opportunity. And you're you're playing with house money. Yeah, I mean, if I got to coach an NFL team. I mean, I'm 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 like 21 years old, so I'm I'm a young guy. But <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I mean, Saturday. If I got to coach an NFL team, like, right, <laughs> and then he doubles down, not being like, oh, 20 years down the road, like hypothetically, no, hypothetically, right now, if I was coaching. That I can't team. coach right now. I mean, hey, like, coach an NFL team, Cor, who are you coaching outside of your fantasy football team? You can barely manage that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm saying like no one's listening to me right now. But I mean, Saturday a good pro. I, I'm sure he's got his respect, the, the respect of, of his players. Yeah. So yeah, just go out there, play with house money, and I'm gonna check the Colts matchups coming up. I might. I don't know who they're playing. Oh, they're playing the Eagles this week. I mean, the spread was pretty big. <laughs> um, I'm not taking them against the Eagles, but I think I think they can keep it competitive. I think. I think this team will be playing very free. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to win the AFC South. But I think they'll actually play – they'll, they'll be they'll be playing better football um, compared to what they were playing under Frank Reich, just out of looseness, I think. Yeah, and it also helps that Jonathan Taylor is back and looks healthy. He had a really long touchdown run. I do remember that from this game. So, good for him there and good for Jeff Saturday. And with that being said, Core, we will bring it to week 11 and wrap this up. With our game picks, first is our Thursday night game, and this is a real good Thursday night one. The Titans traveled to Lambeau to play the Packers. The Packers got a nice victory this past week, obviously, against Dallas. The fourth quarter comeback. Can they continue it? The Titans, I believe they're 6-3 and three now after their nice win, two at home over the Broncos, which was just a gross game in general. Core, I'll start with you first. Packers, three-point favorites here. Are you taking them and saying, yeah, they're going to continue this, or are you going with that Titans defense? that stout run D and they're saying, you know what? The Packers, that one half of football, it was a fluke. I'm going to take Mike Vrabel and the boys. They normally get up for these big games. I mean, Mike Vrabel, I think is one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. I think he's just mm-hmm. absolutely 
amazing. Like every year, I think people act like the Tennessee is just going to kind of fade and not be good. And I mean, in the sense, they're really not that good of a team, but like their record says differently. But I think in this one in Lambeau, I think coming off a nice win, I mean, I think honestly in this in this case, I think a short week actually helps the Packers. Like they come back after a good win. Like they don't have to wait that long. They come back. I think they get this win. And I think they cover minus three. No, I, I still don't think they're a playoff team. But I think on Thursday night, Aaron Rodgers um gets it done and they cover the spread. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I actually think that the short week does play into Green Bay's favor. I also I know the Titans a couple weeks ago were able to keep the Chiefs offense in check for most of the game, but what scares me are the vertical shots potentially that Christian Watson is again open for on this Titan secondary. Yes, the Titans are really good up front, so Aaron Rodgers doesn't really get sacked a ton. So I, yeah, I, I like the Packers in this one and them continuing their momentum. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Not a playoff team, but I think that this is a nice spot for them to get a victory. Moving on to the next game that we'll talk about, the Cowboys are one-point favorites traveling to Minnesota to play the Vikings. I love the Cowboys in this spot as kind of a bounce-back spot. I think this is a decent buy-low spot in a sense because the Vikings just got that big win. The Cowboys just kind of blew a game ugly late in this one. I think Minnesota's secondary has been susceptible. I know that they just got two interceptions on Josh Allen this past week. But I think that that could be good news for CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz and company. Tony Pollard's a real good running the ball. I don't even think Ezekiel is going to be questionable. They don't need him, though. What gets me here is Dallas's defense. And I don't I just, just – I think Dallas's defense is going to be doing enough to shut down and contain at least this Vikings offense. So I'm going to take Dallas here. Uh, as a one-point favorite and because I truly do think that they are the second-best team probably in the NFC right now, and maybe the third. I, maybe I would put San Francisco over them. So I think there's a good spot for them to prove, and I love how you get Dallas off the loss with Minnesota off an emotional win here. So I'm going to go with Dallas here to get a nice victory in Minnesota. Mm, I think this spread kind of leads in Dallas. It's kind of telling. It, it's telling. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, this, this spread, in a sense, like I don't see it that way because I see Dallas – as a better football team than Minnesota, but this spread screams Viking. Like take, you know what I mean? Like like the casuals, just like oh, just oh Vikings. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I I I don't I know like the NFL home field doesn't play in as much as like in college, but I don't know. I think an eight and one team coming off a big win against the Bills. I know Dallas is also like a top team in the NFC, but. I don't know. I would I would think in a game like this that Vegas would make it like Minnesota, honestly, like minus two and a half. Um but yeah, I think Dallas is still a better team. I'd say right now I'd rank Minnesota over Dallas just because of like last week. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I hate to agree, but I think Dallas off a loss and Minnesota off of like an emotional win. I'm gonna ride with Dallas to go in to Minnesota. I think these two teams have actually played each other the last two years. I think Cooper Rush actually went into Beat him. Yeah, yeah, on Sunday, on Sunday Night Football. The, the year before that, I don't know who was throwing passes. It might have been Andy Dalton. I remember C.D. Lamb had a ridiculous catch for, yes. for a touchdown. Um, I was a C.D. Lamb fantasy owner at that time, so of course I remember that. And, yeah, I think they won that game also in Dallas, so – you could say Minnesota's due. I mean, it's like two different type of opposites that are due. Like Dallas went in two years in a row and won, but Minnesota is so due for a loss this year. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the fact that they're due for a loss this year and take Dallas to win this game and uh, and cover the spread. All right, moving on to our Sunday night football game. It's an AFC West battle. The Chiefs are six and a half point favorites in LA playing the Chargers. We'll start with you first, Core. Do the Chiefs continue their dominance or do the Chargers get Really kind of like a much-needed victory to kind of put themselves back into the, all right, we are like a really good team in the AFC and we can compete with the best of them. Six and a half at, at the, is the number. I think it all it's all going to depend what are Keenan. And Keenan Mike- and Mike Williams both questionable. As of now, I think it's a little too early to tell in the week that they'll both go. If I had to decide with one, it looked like Mike Williams definitely looked more, like promising from what I was reading yesterday. You would yeah. think Keenan Allen maybe, but again, this is something that, of course, we have to monitor closely. 
as we get down to. They both did practice today, yeah. which is good on on a Wednesday. But that's really okay. good on a Wednesday. I don't know. If, I think if they can get those guys back, honestly, like this game against the Niners, they they really played pretty solid game. I mean, they were up a lot of this game, so the, the offense played better. Than I expected. Honestly, I'm they offered offense did a really good first drive in this game. Yeah, they did. I mean, that DeAndre Carter touchdown. Um, yeah, I'm honestly going to take the Chargers to cover the spread. I think Chiefs win this game, but I'll I'll take Chargers plus six and a half. Yeah, I mean, I hate to agree with you and go three for three in that category, but I, yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs to win this one, but the Chargers to cover two teams who play each other real tight. They played each other tight on. Thursday night football earlier in week two last year in their two matchups as well. I again I think there's a lot of familiarity there. And I think that the, it's kind of a desperation thing from the Chargers. I think they only need personally, I don't even think they need both of their guys back. I think they don't like I think if they get Mike Williams or Keenan Allen back, I still like them at the number there. And yeah, I think it's just one of those it's it's do or die almost for the Chargers. Like you lose this game, then it's almost like maybe we're kind of a fringe playoff team and we're more in like the Jets category. I like the Patriots rather than maybe the, if you want to say the Ravens and the Dolphins, I guess, in a sense. So big spot for the Chargers. But I think the division game, I love them as this big of an underdog. So I will take the Chargers with the number, but Chiefs ultimately to win the game. With that being said, that's going to be it for today's episode. Be sure to check us out on the Instagram at the default underscore week 11 coming up. I'm sure it's going to be a real good slate of games, as we've said from the three games that we picked. Real good Thursday night football game, real good Sunday night football game, and a real good um, America's game of the week. So, I mean, can't complain. Like, 10x for much more every single week. But with that being said, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.